Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? And away we go. <laughs> Good evening everyone and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I have four members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hey there. I have Kev. Hello. I have Scott. Hey. And I have Mr. Spence. Hi Carl. That was very Rob-like of you. It was. Rob-like? <laughs> Rob-like. Fire Sorry. That was for you, Rob. You should have made it tonight. <laughs> and tonight we are going to be, uh, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about what seat you want on the truck so it's called choose your own adventure like the old fun books that we used to have as kids so exciting yeah Yay. i wish i learned to read um so positions on trucks so when you first arrive at the hall and you know even actually before that i, I try and i'm having that you know where am i as i'm driving to the call how close am i am i going to be first on truck who's likely to be around at that time of day. All of those things are going through your head, so you can kind of start picturing what's going on. But, uh, Kev, this, uh, this kind of thing was, was, was your kick, so we'll start with you. Where do you where do you like to be on truck? Right in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very much a pointy end of the spear kind of guy. I, uh, it's the most exciting spot. I feel like it's the most satisfying for me because I can see the results immediately. Like, mm-hmm. Big fire, you're there, you're right in the center of it, you're attacking it, you're doing your job, you're a firefighter and you're getting results right then and there. It's the greatest place. Now, I don't necessarily like being in the back on like MBAs, extractions, I can't say I'd want to be in the back. Like, oh, I'll go do it, I know someone needs to be there. But I'd rather be like a big raging fire or something like that. It's the back of the pump that I like to be in. Right, right. <clears throat> so, SCBA, gear on, yep. first out the door. Yep, I'm making sure that my uh, I'm pulling out all the tricks I can to get on that truck as fast as possible. If I, <laughs> I see other people beside me. <laughs> It's like, like that saying them skiing, or something, tripping them. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say tripping. It's kind of a dick move. Well, I wouldn't say gear, tripping. Gear went flying in her truck once. I remember. Well, it's like uh, the the skiing saying, "There's no friends on powder days, right?" <laughs> there's, there's no friends on the calls going, and there's rager going on. So you're like taking all your little shortcuts and everything you can to get on there as quick as possible, and you forget your pants. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully you don't forget your pants or your hat. Or... Some people have forgotten their helmets before. Yeah. Uh, I may have been one of them once. <laughs> Good thing as soon as you have a pump operator, you can take the helmet from. Well, it's such a rush, right? Like uh, as you as you come in, you're like, like you said, we're gauging like who's just coming the door behind me. How many people are already ahead of me? What do they normally do? Where do they normally go? Where am I going to end up? Do I wait for engine two? Like, is there enough people to fill the first one? Do I want to rush faster to make that first one? Or do I want to wait for the, the second truck? And you're doing that knowing that everybody else is doing the same thing all the time. Well, it's awesome. Like, position. you see the little, see the rookies there, too, and they've just got the deer in the headlights look, and you're just, like, yeah, just looking like that, and you're throwing all your shit on, and you're running to the truck. They're just like, should I get on? I'm like, 
I know you're okay. <laughs> Jump out of there. Yeah. You dropped your flashlight. <laughs> it's back over there. Go, go, go. Yeah. Ash, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, each call is different. For sure, each each type of call, yeah, sure. daytime, nighttime call is different. So you should be mindful of that. You gotta be mindful. <laughs> Hashtag be mindful, you yeah. guys. Mindful of the call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's, uh, uh, that was a bit bad. That was a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe. Uh, for myself, daytime calls, I'm generally the first person in the door. Um, so I really get to watch who comes in behind <clears throat> me. So that's pretty interesting. Um, where I don't want to sit is in the driver's seat pretty much ever um i like to be on tool like kevin says i like to <laughs> i don't recall saying that <laughs> on tools. Uh... <laughs> we have a bunch of children here today. <laughs> please continue well, <laughs> I like to quit. <laughs> you guys are all jerks. <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on. I also want to be the pointy end of the spear, <laughs> as Kevin said. I like doing the work. Um, again, I guess more lately, um, if, if it's a daytime call, I've found myself in the officer's seat a couple times more often now, which is interesting. For a nighttime call, I live close to the hall, but through a school zone and a whole bunch of four-way stops, so it takes a while to get there. I might school, though. <laughs> 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 it's frowned upon <laughs> to speed through a school zone. Um, so it's challenging when you come in and you see Unit 1's already gone, uh, the first <clears throat> the first engine, uh, our second engine is three-quarter full do you rush to get into that and know that you will probably be sent back first or do you hop in a tender you do less work but you're still active right till the end of the call so again you have to be uh aware oh, <laughs> hey. not mindful, uh, not mindful at all no. be aware and mindful yeah um just of what kind of calls coming in how about that mm-hmm. write that down yeah. spence I'm pretty comfortable in any of the seats on any of the trucks, really. Um, look at you. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> um, however, there are seats that I prefer on different calls. I'd sooner be in the driver's seat on a grass fire call because it's a lot of work, dragging all that hose all over the place. And I could just as soon be the guy working the pump because I like doing that also, comfortable doing that. I'll go in the officer chair. Doesn't matter. Um, structure fire. I'd certainly strive to be in the back, guaranteed, hundred um, percent, if I can. Doesn't always work. Um, I don't know that I'm one to drag my feet in order to get a certain chair. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's places, you know, rolling up on an empty truck. Depending on the call, I'll go in a certain, certain seat. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's nowhere that you'd rather <clears throat> not be. You're just happy nope. with happy yep. with getting on there. Happy on getting on a truck. Just give me the bus. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, extrication will go wherever. Um, and there too, I'd sooner not drive. I'd sooner be in the mix doing stuff. 
I think probably a lot of that comes down to obviously the, your your mechanical stuff too, right? Like knowing vehicles, it would be a great asset to have you there because you know where the airbags are, you know where those things are. No man, I just like cutting up cuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, we don't do it with, with ratchets and wrenches and things. Well, and I think the I think the driver of the rescue truck is just that, just the driver of the rescue truck. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really, they don't pump. Like when they get, like that's what the job of the driver is on an engine. And then when they get there, they pump. They're, they they do have a, a task to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the rescue truck, it's like, they're more like the tool guy their too. task is kind of like to set the truck and hand tools and stay near the truck to make sure it's running <coughs> smoothly. But anyway, um, there is a definitely a technical aspect to having the rescue guys. Like you want people that understand the rescue in the back doing the rescue. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it is more, like there's more technique to it than a lot of the firefighting. A lot of the firefighting is, you know, the technique is dumping water on the <coughs> on the fire. You know, obviously there's there's techniques we use, but mm-hmm. there's definitely more for their rescue. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it gets into ropes and things like that. Um, that's what kind of when you pick. Even the officer picks who he wants in the back. No, oh, you get off. You get on. You get in the back. Yeah. 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 Someone with good medical skills. Someone with rope skills. If it's an over magnet. Yeah. You're and you'll hear us, uh, well, at least me, I don't know. There's other guys that do it, too. Like, when we get there and we see who's suiting up, it's like, you go first. You get on that truck first. Like, you know, the guys like Matt and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have that dual. They have the medical and the ropes. It's like, get on the truck. Yeah. Like, everybody else, wait for Matt to get dressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd rather <laughs> l- delay the truck leaving for 30 seconds to have someone who understands medical and ropes than to sh- shove someone on there who's just like, yeah, I'll get on because I mean, I'm was first here. Because I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. <clears throat> Scott, what about you? <clears throat> Position-wise, um, obviously, I like the back. Working uh, on a on a fire, right? pretty much on anything. It's the the back's the, the the fun spot. That's why everybody gets into firefighting. But recently, in the last you know, six months to a year, I've been getting in the officer chair majority of times because because um, I live close. Um, we have a, a kind of a new batch of people, and a lot of our the other officers officers that live close they either are the duty officers so they go direct or maybe they're not there right away, so I'll jump officer seat. Um, I I'm thinking more times than not now I'm in the officer chair. I think so for you. Yeah. But I and now I'm getting I'm starting to like it more because I'm starting to get used to what I have to do because I at first you're like uh get on the officer chair what do I do again. Like, what are the things I have to do? Because firefighting is specific. You have specific skills, you do. But then when you're off the officer chair, you have specific skills, which we talked about when Todd was here. Um, like that whole windshield um, survey and all that stuff. So that's something that you have to be mindful of. Hey! hey. <laughs> um, when you're the officer, now you got to start thinking, okay, it's not just about me doing running this one tool. It's about me watching these four people, making sure they're doing the right job. So, I'm thinking I'm almost signing towards the officer chair now. Especially now that I'm getting a little older. <laughs> uh, crippled up. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> and, where, and where do you not want to sit if we all don't know? I do not want to be the driver. <laughs> and actually, I often often said, and when I'm like in the, my 50s, when I get in that age, I'm thinking that's what I'm going to maybe... Start really learn how to you just specialize in, in pump yeah maybe huh. or not 
That'll be an interesting day. <laughs> no, and one thing about the pumps is like, first of all, I'm not a mechanical person, much like yourself, Carl. Mm. You, you said often, um, you know, like I always tell Spencer, I don't. The water comes from somewhere. The magical pixies are doing stuff in there. <laughs> so I don't know. So I get it. Like I understand. I probably get water out of the truck under the fire, but I, to get water back into the truck, that's a whole other story. And to make it all work cohesively under that like kind of pressure i'm just not mechanically inclined enough and then if something goes wrong to be able to figure out what is going wrong and fix it i think that takes a certain skill set much like firefighting because some people can't like some people can't comprehend like the fire coming at them what to do so it's the same kind of thing but i'm not i'm not the driver i'm not the pump <laughs> and everyone basically knows that i mean you guys all know that um but maybe one day Maybe, maybe I'll get that down. <laughs> Probably not, but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm exactly the same. I don't <clears throat> I don't have the 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 driver's skills. I don't have the <clears throat> mechanical brain for it. I just don't. And we've discussed before, even on MBAs, I will work tools, but if I know other people are there that are more capable, then you just you take a back seat and you go and you fetch stuff. You know, you know what they're going to need, so be the best gopher that you can be. You know, go grab everything you need and get it all done and make things fast. You should be a driver on a vehicle. No, I shouldn't. Why? That's exactly <laughs> what you need to be for a taxi. That's, that's you, buddy. That's yeah. that's that is there. it, really. You push a button, and all the magic we comes to life. We can talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. That's your home. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, if it's if it's a seat that I can choose to get, then it tends to be one in the back for sure. And for all the reasons that all of you said, and for all the reasons that I'm sure a lot of people listening want to be on there too, right? They want to be in that in that prime power position to get out and, and attack some fire and do what we all train to do and, and, and kick some ass. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, why, why would you not want to do that? And then that being said, <clears throat> I've been on the truck with some people that have, said they wanted that and when they're on there i don't know if they did want that <laughs> you know there's that moment you see in their eyes where it's like oh, this is your first fire i can see that <laughs> it's fine take a breath you'll be good i remember having it myself you know that that first oh we're, we're gonna go and we're gonna oh fire oh yeah no that's yeah fire, of course that's what i do this is why we're here right, right, right. Right. Uh, yeah. i think when you realize that there's only like two trucks going yeah so there's only 10 people in the whole town <laughs> that are fighting this fire right now it's until their other trucks are coming like the tenders and stuff but there's really only 10 people that are dealing with this situation mm. and if if you're <laughs> that's when you're like oh shit oh this is for real this isn't this is you know i it's, that's one thing about the volunteer thing a lot of guys are like ah it's for fun like and not us like we know but i think a lot of people from the outside looking in oh those guys are just volunteer they're just there for fun. They don't, they don't, they don't train hard. They don't do anything. But once we're there, it's like, oh yeah, oh, wait a minute. These guys are the only guys that are like, like holding that line. You know that they always talk about the thin red line, the thin blue line. It's like we're the ones holding the line. Yeah. So if we're not, if we're not there, then no one else is holding it. So, but I think yeah, the volunteer thing is definitely lost on people. Like they think, ah, oh, you just volunteer. It's fine. Well, the, uh, the fire doesn't make adjustments for whether or not career firefighters yeah. or volunteer firefighters show up. It's the same fire. <laughs> right. It's the same danger. The difference is the call volume, really. 
Right. And even then, like even we've then, had yeah, these discussions right. before. You know, if you're the if you're a full time guy, because I've talked to full time guys that I that we know, and they you know they said how many structure fires you guys get? And we're like you know you know six to ten a year. How many do you go to? I'm like I go to six to ten a year. <laughs> They're like, what? What? We only go to a couple because if it's not during their shift time in their district, that exact moment. They're only going, there's not, if you look at big cities, there's really actually not that many big fires because of building codes and all that stuff now. Like, fires are pretty small because they have, like, sprinkler systems and stuff. It's when you're in these rural areas, these little um, old farm homes homes that are still, you know, wood-fired, crappy electrical, you know, in the middle of an area where the fire protection isn't the greatest. That's where you're going to get these house fires. So, yeah, I think the... We still got a fair call uh, volume of calls. I think. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree. You're right. With the newer stuff that's coming through, a lot of fires are dealt with before we even get there. We're basically doing ventilation by the time we get there. If we were in a if we're in a larger season, I was talking to some of the guys in the larger town just up the way, and they were saying, you know, yeah, sometimes we get there and the sprinkler system's already done our job. So mm-hmm. literally, we've got fans on it for an hour just clearing out the space and making sure structurally everything's sound and then we pack up and we go. Yeah. You know, it's okay. very rare that they get into a situation unless it is on the outskirts of the town or mm. older areas of town. Older, yeah. You know, where they're yeah. having to deal with those those older electrical issues mm-hmm. and those old buildings with like just crap. <clears throat> it's yeah. gonna burn quick. Yeah. So Ash, we didn't actually hear from you on what uh, what portion of that that you didn't. So you said that you're you're not a huge fan of witch bees, pumping, pumping. Yeah, why? Yeah, okay. Ah, uh, you know, it's not like I'd say I'm fairly mechanically inclined. I I get it. That's not really. I a like to be more active on the fire ground. I like to get out there and kick some ass, if you will. Um, B. I'm, ah, hashtag. Uh, hashtag, absolutely. Um, I'm the same as Scott where I feel I could get you water. Well, I know I can get you water because I've, I've done it multiple times. If water is coming to me in the truck under pressure via a hydrant, I feel pretty all right about it. Oh, I might be able to do that. Right, yeah, yeah, right, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm still feeling pretty good. There you go, you guys. The moment you start having a draft and when things go sideways, uh, I just, I'd rather be the guy out there. It's, it's the... Yelling at the guy to get you water. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Where's water, water? Man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan. I could do it. I, I know I'm going to get you guys water. It's going to happen. I just, uh... Things can go wrong, and I'm not comfortable with the pumps enough. I just, up until now, you know, I guess currently, I want to be doing something. I either want to be in the front seat or I want to be in the back seat. I don't want to be driving, so if I'm not comfortable doing it, I'm not going to jump in that seat. I will avoid it, and I guess that's what it comes down to. Just, I'm not comfortable to do it, and uh, I'd still, I'd rather be active, or I'd rather be kind of like Scott was saying, I'm kind of leaning towards that a little mm-hmm. bit more. Scott? Well, I just have a question for Spencer. Because you were here before I was here. And I found when I first started that people, the driving was more the thing guys wanted to do. Yeah, it seemed like it. Yeah, there were a lot of guys that were really and, keen on driving. And I don't know, if, was that because 
our training was different, our attack theory was different, because we were more defensive department at the time. Yeah. Or was it because we had older guys? We didn't have the young guys that wanted to go fight fire? Or was it a combination of the two? Because I felt we weren't as aggressive mm-hmm. as we are now. That's true, yeah. Uh, that could be why. You noticed it too. Yeah. And there were certain guys that really would strive to get in that seat. I mean, I remember guys hiding behind trucks waiting for trucks to leave so they can jump in the driver's seat of the other truck. I know that guy too. <laughs> I meant guys. Plural. <laughs> I didn't mean one guy. <laughs> there may have been a few of those, yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah. weird because nowadays it's like, nowadays there's literally the truck is full and we're sitting there, we need a driver! Yeah. <laughs> we're all, we all have our masks on. I waiting. was just about to say, I think the majority, and even in the room right now, the majority, the majority leans to put me in the back seat as opposed to put me in the drivers and for me the my point of view of that is i feel that being the pump operator is probably you are like one of the biggest chess pieces on the board like that the guys mm-hmm. in yeah. there know what they're doing we've all trained to go inside and deal with fire on an internal attack when you're working the pumps you're giving those two teams full water and that they need that to survive inside of that. You're, you're the life support for the, yeah. which is a massive deal. And that extra pressure, and then something breaks, and then something goes wrong, and now you have to draft, and and and, and it's it's a massive cluster of oh shit, this could all go wrong. And day. if you start off not already not mechanically inclined, and then get put that onto you, you're like yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. It's also, I think, I feel it's like more like, especially when I'm on the single firefighter, it's more like me. Like if I screw up, well, it's on me. Maybe my partner and me. But if the guy pumping screws up, especially if he's running like multiple lines off. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's involved. Pressure's really on you. Whole truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a symptom of um, the way the training is going now. I just got to thinking about it. Because uh, we don't focus on pumps. We, we kind of add it on to every practice. Pumps on every practice. Pumps yeah. on mm-hmm. every practice. But everybody isn't drilled on pumps every practice. A couple right. guys are doing pumps every practice. Right, yeah. Whereas before, like eight years ago or so, let's say, um, pumping was a practice that we did four or five times a year. Maybe more than that, I think. Maybe even more yeah. than that. And so I think that rather than um, back then people really strive to be on the pumps, um, they are certainly more confident on them. And... These days they're not; they're a whole lot less so. Right, but I think they're more confident overall on the fire ground. Absolutely, <clears throat> yeah. absolutely, yeah. They're just not like, so much like forceful entry and you know hose handling and yeah. attacks and yeah. ventilation. That makes sense, though. I mean, it does make sense because I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've even been asked to stand on the back of a truck and take a look at the the pumps. And change. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. And no, I, it's something that I do want to know because there may be a time in a situation where I do have to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are there have been times, especially in summer, obviously people go away. Summer being our, our biggest thing for a wildfire in, in one of these areas, like in the area where we get them. And it's going to happen and we don't get a choice. But it's also the time of year where people go on vacation and we can have a skeleton crew running around and some people may have disappeared and not told us. You know, it's just, it's it's summer. It happens and we're all kind of attuned to it. But there may be that time where I might be the guy who has to do it that day, yep. regardless of, because nobody else has had zero experience or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone in the back's had nothing. So I might be the guy who has to pull that trigger. 
and it's terrifying to think that, but it would be nice to have a better understanding. I guess it's something that, yeah, maybe you're right. So it's maybe it's just because now we have concentrated so strongly on that one portion of get the internals. We know what we're doing on the inside. Confidence on the fire ground, fantastic. And maybe we just need to say, hey, you know what? This practice, you need to come with me. You guys are running the pumps. But just don't choose yeah. me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, did we touch on? Did we touch on what you weren't a fan? No, what yeah. you weren't a fan of? Um. Before this year, I would definitely have said pumps, and main reason for that, I guess, is just you're not a fan of pumps. No, oh. and that was mainly the same issues we or the same concerns we brought up previously. If I have a bunch of my buddies in the house, a burning building, I want to make sure that they have their water, and if I'm not feeling comfortable that I can get that to them, I don't want to be in that position. Because that's a lot of pressure. This last year, I've been kind of dogged by an injury, so I had to reduce my service. I couldn't go on the front line and do as much, so I've kind of found uh, that hole where everybody kind of doesn't want to be on pump, so that was my go-to. I was always going there because I could function capably there with my injuries so I've kind of come to appreciate that position a bit more you're always you're always really excited of course driving like code three through town pushing cars off the road and stuff like that pushing, pushing, pushing them off pushing them off just driving figuratively with your lights yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have that big big cow catcher but uh, that's that's really exciting and I guess if it was the choice between not being able to go to a call and doing the pump position it was an easy choice to go pump and at that point when I first started that I was choosing the calls based on my comfort level so the grass fires the easier fires the quick easy little ones that I can manage without a large amount of complications and then once I was getting more and more comfortable with that then it progressed and some things were getting a little more complicated and you just learn kind of on the go I know Spencer helped me a couple of times so everybody needs a Spencer yeah, I had to have him <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I think once I'm back like 100% I'll be jumping in the back a lot more <laughs> But I still, if it comes to it, getting first truck, I'd probably still jump into the pumper if that was the only position available. I'd, I'd still take it. Yeah. But so we have to hurt you again to make you a pumper? Yeah. I was going to say, we're going to be a driver dying again. <laughs> I'm weird. feeling better and kicking the back. <laughs> <laughs> right to the stairs. <laughs> oh, Kevin's in a coma. You can't be a pump operator. Damn it. <laughs> So I guess, we, I mean, we all know what we'd like to do and, uh, and the places we'd like to be on scene, but there's other jobs. There's still really important jobs. As we've said many times before, there's always something to do on the fire ground, regardless of whether you've got a nozzle in your hand or whether you're on pump or whether, you know, whatever. There's always something to do. So maybe let's talk about the other positions. So uh, Spence, maybe maybe you could allude, because you actually uh, you just ran one of these jobs phenomenally well last call. <laughs> 
Oh, I can talk about that one? You can if you like. Okay, because I was going to talk about the other one. But okay, we talk about whatever you want. The other one. Well, the one you, that I know so much about. Oh. You can do that one I'm too. not going to talk about that one. You do the suspense. Yeah. <laughs> so the radio room. Oh, right. Is the one that I know so much about. Oh, do that one. Well, the radio room operator. You know a lot about the radio I know zero about Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? What? Yeah. Maybe I'll take the other one. It's like my, it's like my version of pumps. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> Or less. <laughs> well, here you you talk about bottles for yeah, this last call, and I'll talk one. about radio room operating for this last call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we recently had a structure fire, a large one. Big one. Um, and I ended up coming here late, and we got the word over the radio saying that maybe we could need we could use some fresh air cylinders up there. So um, another one of our other guys, Kevin, and I jumped at the chance to go to the scene and go for a ride in a truck and see some stuff see some stuff and do some things and uh so we piled a whole bunch of air bottles in the back of our uh should i say it what nah, just, our utility we have nah, a utility, utility vehicle. we have a yeah. really badass utility vehicle it's got uh it's badass it's but it's not badass as people are thinking it's not like like monster truck badass anybody anybody it's badass in another Manner. Anybody who appreciates vehicles would appreciate that vehicle. Yeah. What is it, Spence? It's a 1968 Dodge A100 van. It's got a slant six. It's got a three in the tree. It is super cool. We call it the Scooby van. We call it the Scooby van. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's got a little red light right machine. in the middle of the top of the I wouldn't room. call that little. <laughs> it's yeah, got it's a great big it's red light. <laughs> yeah. Rotates really slowly. <laughs> I think it's got the loudest siren out of all of our trucks. Oh, <laughs> in that oh, short, yeah, we're inside. In the cab, it's the cab is loud because yeah. there's no insulation. So it's like, <laughs> the whole thing's shaking when you're driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty super badass. cool van, yeah. <laughs> so Kevin and I piled in all these air bottles and drove up to the scene. And that's a very important job because once all the air bottles are used up on the Sorry. trucks. Because they are cylinder, cylindrical. Well, you know what else we brought up at the same time is bottles, um, of... bottles of water for drinking. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Much right. deserved and needed after yeah, that one. Yeah, no though. kidding. We brought some cold ones and some warm ones and all sorts of different types of bottles of water and cylinders of air for mm. breathing. So professional. Right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we uh, just gathered up all the empty bottles and brought them back. Cylinders, sorry. <laughs> <I'm confused>. <laughs> <laughs> we we left the empty bottles. bottles. We retrieved the empty cylinders. Right. Brought them back to the hall and started the filling process so that everybody that was on scene wasn't going to be stuck around doing that kind of crap for till the end of the day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's key. <clears throat> it's right. another big role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all the bottles that started their day on the truck got filled. And the back. air bottles. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just got, not going to say it. <laughs> they're air bottles. Well, I only realized because at first you said cylinders. The first thing you said earlier. Yeah, but they're both. They're, they're cylinders and they're bottles. I don't think it matters. I don't think it does either. I was getting confused. Yeah. I, was, I don't I think it confused you. Just put jacket. <laughs> what do you call it? Um, Some people call them tanks. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Stop confusing <laughs> things. <laughs> So we gathered up all the air tanks, bottles, and cylinders <laughs> and brought them back to the fire hall and started filling them with high-pressure air in order to replenish the... Uh, not oxygen. Trucks. No, not oxygen. <laughs> Just 20% oxygen. Yeah. 
and everyone's heard that. Everybody's always, hey, how's your, is your oxygen? That's usually someone on the scene. Actually, one of the uh, uh, police the other day said, uh, how much oxygen does that carry? Like, well, it's actually high pressure air. So if it's oxygen, one of us will go boom. <laughs> We're going to get the fire. Oh, never thought of that. Yeah. A value job. Yeah, so something that's not really kicking in doors or spraying yeah. wet stuff on red stuff. It's one of those behind-the-scenes kind of jobs that's that's really important. Yeah. So. Yeah, super important. Yeah, we'd, we'd actually, because I, I don't know, I, I don't know, Unit 1 had done at that point, but we were basically down to, I think we had one bottle left. And I changed my pack out, and that, that was it. Like, we were ready to, we burned through two bottles each, and then we went to rehab. And during that time was just when you showed up, which was perfect timing for us to be able to switch out and, Sweet. and crack on. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Kev, you were working radio yeah. in the radio room. <laughs> that was, I think, the first time on a major call that I've worked radio. And again, I'm just coming back from injury, so it's, I'm still, I'm basically delegated to the radio room at this point in time. Um, not exciting by any stretch of the imagination, I guess. The most exciting part of it would be hearing the initial radio traffic getting on scene, hearing everyone kind of rel relaying information and everything like that, and then everything kind of goes dead because everybody's working. working at that yeah. point. And so then you just hear the occasional blip. An interesting there. thing on that fire is you could see from the radio room, you could see the yeah. smoke, <laughs> yeah. yeah. smoke plume. Yeah, and it was actually good. Like I can see, I could see the smoke and see it progressing as you guys were, were getting there. And then I could see you guys attacking it because yeah. you could see the steam coming up rather you than the You could see the, the color change of the smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was... Because you took some pictures, watch, so. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple yeah. of good ones. Post on Facebook. Yeah, we can post it on the book face. Yeah. If you can uh, see the progression of that. Once we get approval from our media team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we can, we <laughs> yeah. can you can you can see a progression of that. It's yeah. interesting. So that was okay. Some other things I did, I guess, while listening to the radio or not listening at that point in time. <laughs> we had the radio with us. We went to the kitchen. One of the wives showed up with some food. We started preparing basically end of call meal for everyone so when everybody started showing back up at the hall we had food ready and waiting for everyone to have their fill and that was always good that was good to have it's always a it's that other piece that uh i don't think many i don't know if many other departments do it we are lucky in that the family all comes together and says okay all the guys are out doing this and the girls and they're all like getting involved in this call, they're going to be knackered by the time we were, they get back and they're probably going to be hungry. They're going to be tired. <laughs> that means tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody understands me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you get back here and there's fruit platters and there's meat and there's cheese and there's sandwiches and you get back and you, you are, you're burned out and you just, you want to fill yourself back up. You want to replenish that energy. You've been pounding water and you've been in the flame and yeah, it's cool like, with the, uh, with the Facebooks now. Yeah. Because um, it, it used to have to be a phone call, the wives, or the, the radio guy. It was still has, a phone call. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, not a phone call on her part to get any other wives, because they think mm. she put, she sent it out on, on on our personal Facebook site. And uh, There's a group text that went Yeah, because I know my um, my wife was out of town, and she's like, oh, you guys had a structure fire. I'm like, I didn't know that. Mm. Like, it's not in the media yet, but she knew before I got back to the hall, because she was calling me. Yeah. And, uh, 
we just shoot up the Facebook that hey, can you guys, anyone's available, come down in the hall. So yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd like to say on the radio room, I find like nowadays with technology, that radio room has changed some because back in the old days, if there was nobody in the radio room, there was wasn't all, like you couldn't do much. Like that's where a lot of stuff was was sent from. That's where the, the guy used to have to call the property reps. They used to have to look at the big map. They used to have to do all this all this work in there. Because um, I the even yeah, I guess in the old old days the dispatch was a lot of it was through the radio room, <laughs> like in the really old days. So the radio room, if you like, look at the progression over the years, it's kind of become now that Kevin can actually take a radio with him, and still basic, basically do the work of the radio um, room from other rooms, because you don't need to sit there as much anymore, because um, you got basically a technology to do everything handheld now. So yeah. yeah. I'd say ninety percent or more of what you can do from the radio room, you can do from the officer sitting in the truck. Yeah, with the time responding now. Yeah, because so. yeah, yeah. back in the day, yeah. yeah. I mean, the big map on the wall we still have, but yeah, right. which is nice. Yeah, it's good, sure. but you can still like we have those maps. We have to update that map. Yeah, a lot of it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the problem with paper maps, right? And mm-hmm. It's difficult to update. Yeah, exactly. So and now we've now we've all discussed the kind of where we would like to and where we wouldn't like to, and the other jobs of the fire ground. Let's just let's kind of go through it. This is the dream sequence. The old so where if you could literally make your own call, which would be the best call for you, what would your best call be? Ash, I'll start with you. Scott's like diving his hand up. He's like me, me, me. I was gonna take the good start. Stuff. <laughs> start from your when you're relegated with right? burning complaint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what's left? Yeah. My, my, my miracle call would, miracle come, in, would come in at about nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, we're doing times and everything. <laughs> well, it's because of my location. So I'm going to be close to the hall. I, I know I'm getting on the first truck. I will take and be happy with any seat other than driving. <laughs> it's everybody's going to say structure fire. Everybody's gonna say that, and I would be, I would be happy with a direct alarm, and it's a stand down. No, I. <laughs> the flip side of Kevin. Kevin says he doesn't like M- MBAs, and I think I've said this to you. We've talked about this before. I enjoy going to extrication call. Um, it's uh, you can save a house if you save a structure. Yay, it's a structure, but you can save a life. Like we are actually saving lives out there. <laughs> Inside joke. So an MVA with with, with a viable patient. Oh, yeah, with a viable patient, extrication. Yeah, like pulling out a uh, sadly a deceased. Man, it's not really the glory, but having to extricate a viable patient that not immediate reward, but the immediate reward. Um, you know, getting on their hands-on tools it would be great. Um, you know, potentially running the call would be pretty sweet too. But uh, yeah, I'll take that because I know we have some other ideas in the room. <laughs> so that would be 9 a.m. Tuesday. <laughs> Wait a minute. MBA extrication. Oh my God, oh. tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not going to drive through those oil slicks and banana peels on the highway. <laughs> Kev tripping people. Murder <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Nice. Kev. 
structure fire. So I, I'm sitting at home because my home is quite close to the hall. So, so I'm sitting at home and I see Iron responding, come over the phone, and my pager go off it's saying structure fire. And I bust out the door. It's still light out. I'd like a nice daylight <laughs> rager because I hate fumbling around in the dark. So picky. <laughs> hey, it's my dream call, damn it. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, I make first truck in the back. Nice fire. Nobody get hurt. Plenty People scared. have insurance. So everything's good. <laughs> Definitely no one hurt. And yeah, get to have some good firefighting fun. There you go. Oh, throw a door breach in there, too. Yeah, you get You're looking at me. Oh! There you go, Well, I'm going to say structure fire also, but I went through a long phase where MVA was my, my go-to, my because I was fairly proficient at it, and like Ash says, there's there's usually more... Often than not, people involved, and uh, and you kind of make that connection. Like you, you talk to your patient, and and you try and calm them down, and you know even though it's their worst day, and you're hacking them out of a car, you can give them a little bit of reassurance that you know there's some comfort there. Yeah, for sure. it's not going to be that bad. We're going to help you out here because mm-hmm. that's what we do. So yeah, there was a long stretch where MBI MBA was my not dream call because that's a horrible thing to say, but yeah, my one right. that I enjoyed going to, uh, something. <laughs> but yeah, structure fire. Uh, working structure fire is always fun. Kicking doors, spraying water. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, go now. Scott. <laughs> oh, we have a live call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to the phones now. Actually, uh, for a while, it was uh, it was car fires. It was my was my favorite. Because really? they they're fun. Because yeah. car fires are fun. Because you don't, like, as long as no one's inside. I change everything. Because car <laughs> fires are like, you know, no one's inside. You're like, like unless someone's inside, then it's a totally other matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but if everyone's out, car's burning, they're kind of fun to put out. There's some good tactics that yeah, you can use. Yeah, you use the tactics. They're, mm-hmm. they're relatively safe. Like, safe. Uh, one of our officers always says as we're driving there, he's like, it's just like training boys. Because it is. It's like, <laughs> it's exactly like, like who, who cares? Because once there's even any fire in a car, it's, it's going to be a write-off. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that for a long, long time, that was my, my favorite, but then more recently, well, not even not more recently in the last few years, um, it's become structure fire, of course, but kind of specific structure fire where, where it's like a room and contents fire, maybe spread into a second room. We get there in time and much like Ash, we can actually make a difference in that saving that house. We, we do our good tactics. We, you know, maybe we do a transitional attack. We do the stuff we train properly everyone does it right no one gets hurt but we do like a, a perfect attack move in even if i'm not on the attack if i'm watching it because then that shows me like hey the training is working. working so i can see the guys doing everything progress through you know they push the fire out put it out and save most of the house that'd be the perfect fire i think so that's fine yeah and that's one thing i you know i usually ask if i'm not in town when, when we have a fire i, I usually ask like, how to go and it's not that I'm like upset that I missed it. It's it's more uh, I like to hear when guys done did everything by the numbers and everything went well. Yeah. Like even the other day that, you know, that we had the structure fire and we were just talking earlier about the door breach we did, a forcible entry, and it went like textbook. Like we couldn't have done it 
Oh, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, a couple things could be different, but we could have, we basically did exactly how we trained it, and it worked perfectly. Yeah. And the, and it showed because it was <coughs> it was two newer guys doing it, and they did exactly the like there there was no there was no old methods in their head. You could see them like went by the numbers, did everything just perfectly. Yeah. 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 That last fire, I think, just to kind of skip over the the kind of perfect call thing. And to touch on the perfect call thing, obviously we all know that when we're turning up, our our fun times of doing our jobs, and we, we call it fun times and we, we do the things that we do because we enjoy it, but somebody else is having a really shitty day. And just because we're enjoying it, we it doesn't mean that we don't disregard the fact that other people are just having a shit time at the time that we're doing it. We're always obviously there to try and make the best of the situation and try and help the person. Obviously, that's why we're all trying to end up turning up and doing what we do. But if you don't enjoy what you do and you don't take pride and pleasure in it, then I don't think you do as good enough a job as you should. Because if you don't enjoy it, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So just to kind of throw that disclaimer in there, we all understand that people are involved in this and this is people's homes, but we're all very respectful of that and we all... We all understand that. But to go to that structure fire that we literally just had, that one, from everything that I could see on my side of the building, and then after talking with everybody on the other side of the building, we did everything we possibly could to the best degree that we could have. We got there as quick as we possibly could. It was in a very rural location, down off of a side street, in a very difficult location to get to initially. And then after that, obviously, we had to run tenders. There was no hydrant close by. We couldn't run lines through that. It was a near hydrant, what, three kilometers away? It was quite a distance. It was, like, that, it was oh, like a fair distance. Just off Sesame Street there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, three or four kilometers away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even to have the water we had was, because uh, we were running big water right off the bat. We, we were. We were running the two and a half, two, two and a half, and, yep. you know, big water right away. Yeah, and that and just to, just to see the difference that big water made on that fire, and I just want to touch on it, because it, it I don't know if anyone else has really gone through and used two and a half. So like two and a half, it, it knocked that thing down so quick. We put so much water on that so fast. Those black fiery plumes just died out so fast. And we managed to get that under control on both sides of the house extremely quickly because of that big water. So, you know, it, it just, it, it was impressive to watch. And then even the tactics on our side where we switched down then and we, we switched over to the, the inch and a half. So you guys were doing your door breach. The communication was great. We have the guys telling us, okay, you're going into the basement and you're doing a basement search and you're going through and everything just went really, really well. Really, really well. So, it, and again, it comes down to that, that training aspect. It was, it was fantastic. I felt confident on the other side of the building. I knew yeah. what you guys were doing. It just all, it all flowed well. And that's how every call should go. Obviously, we know there are hiccups every now and again and, and, and shit happens. It's always developing and we never know which way it's going to go. We can only perceive what we think may happen until it happens. So. Well. So, on the back side of that, it's more of a, a training and tactics thing. I wasn't here for the call. It was... N- kind of cool to hear how everything went just like kind of Scott said you can see what we've been training it's been working and we pulled up two trucks big water if this was say four or five years ago what would that call have looked like because we've changed some of our tactics and changed how we load our hose on our truck 
So would we have been using the big water it, right away? I think it would have been pre-connect inch and a half only, mm-hmm. um, because at the because four or five years ago it, the two and a halfs were just laying on the hose bed, just waiting. So they were like kind of a combi thing, like you could use it as a hydrant mm-hmm. um, connector, or you could use it as big water. But it would always come off. It was always an afterthought. It would always come yeah. off later. Like we'd get there, we'd fight the fire, and then someone would be like. Oh, we need big water because that, that thing's really out of really out of control. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they call it before we get there because you know I mean we had a hotel burn down here and it was right away we need big water, but the amount of time it takes to hook that big water up, mm-hmm. the fires progress so much more. Yeah. So I know we a bunch of us sat down and talked, and we we said can we pre-connect a two and a half? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well that's a lot of work, and it was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. We had to redesign the hose bed, we had to put a new divider in. And then we ran the two and a half pre-connected off the back um, in a Minuteman load. So it's a big load. Like, it's a big thing to carry. But now it has multiple purposes. So we can pull it off and we can still use it as a a straight attack line, like what we did the other day. Um, We can also transition easily. So we do the straight attack line. We can transition fairly easily into a a knockdown line after. So we knock the heat out of it and then we turn it into a, we just put a, Reducer on the front, add a Cleveland roll or maybe a donut roll onto the front, and uh, we carry on just like we did on the weekend. Or if we wanted to, we could use that pre-connect to stretch our supply line of water to as close to the fire as we can get because it's 150 feet of hose. Mm-hmm. And then we can add our, our Siamese. Drop on Siamese. And so we can add our two hand lines. So it's got kind of a multiple purpose now. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, I don't. we wouldn't have done that, what we right. did, because it would have taken too long. And yeah. people would be like, come on, we need to put water in this fire. So it would be like, just put some hand lines on it. And I don't think we would have had the knockdown. The same result. We wouldn't have had, I don't think we would have had the same result. Because I looked, because <laughs> I was officering this last call. And I remember I, I was watching the guys hit it with a two and a half. I turned around and talked to the deputy chief. I turned back. I'm like, oh, most of the fire's gone. And there was still some. We still have to do an interior attack and do some more knockdown. But mm-hmm. the main heat was definitely knocked yep. out of the thing. And I didn't realize even uh, the second truck was doing the same thing on the backside. So there was a lot of, a lot of water getting dumped in that thing. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the arguments against it was the two and a half would burn too much, too much water off too fast, especially on a rural fire. Mm-hmm. But we did testing and we know, I mean, you don't need to do testing. You can do math because <laughs> we know how much a truck's going to use in a certain amount of time and how much these nozzles will put out and stuff. The math says that we have three or four minutes. And one of the things we actually train now, and I reminded the driver while we were driving there, um, just, hey, when we hit half a tank of water, because we're in a rural area, when we hit a half a tank, radio me, tell me we're at a half a tank, and then I will see where we're at, and then maybe we'll knock down that two and a half, which is exactly what happened. I heard the, the driver said, hey, we're at half a tank. I looked at the two and a half. I looked at the fire. It was mostly knocked down. I said, kill the two and a half. So we shut it down, and then we went to the engine half. So, yeah. Is that I don't have anything to add, no. Yeah, the, uh, having them there. And the, the other side of it as well, I think, <clears throat> now, is that it's ingrained in all of us that there's big war on the back. And it's the first thing that we can go to. We don't need to worry about having that. that it, it's not going to take long to connect it. It's there. We just grab it, we throw it over the shoulder, we walk it out the line and call for the war, do the hands, and away we go. Yeah. And it it made a huge difference. Like to actually see the difference it made from my side of the building, I grabbed that thing and 
it, it was just it was a, a night and day difference yeah. instantly like within 30 seconds of just pouring that on there it was great yeah but again it does it burns through a lot it does a trick. It does it's a like trick. a bucket of water dumping on a fire instead of like, or there's always, there's an analogy of like, you take, you know, a drop, a, an, an eyedropper and dump it on the fire or a squirt gun, it won't go out. But mm. if you dump a bucket of water all at once, yeah, you're going to run out of water, but you've cooled your fire. Yeah. Yeah. fire. Yeah. Maybe it's it'll reignite, but it'll go a lot slower when it mm-hmm. reignites. So yeah. It's certainly more effective than smaller water. Yeah, for sure. And today's fire, pretty much every fire is big water now. Mm-hmm. Like I think... I was thinking actually after I got back from that call, most of our fire calls recently, like actual true fires, the big waters come off the back yep. the last several that we've went to, like right away. Yeah, yeah it's good. That it's, it's good. That it's in all of our minds and we're all conscious that it's there because yeah. yeah, it makes a huge difference. Sweet. And I think that'll lead possibly on the Facebooks a debate whether we, um, what <clears throat> people use, maybe this is a question to ask the the fans is it better to use the um a fog nozzle as a two and a half or a um, smoothbore because right now we use a we use fog nozzles but a two and a half is mainly used for the reach and the and the deluge that we get from the water it's do we need should we be using a smoothbore and we're going to actually do some smoothbore testing coming up here pretty quick mm-hmm. to see which one we like we just always ran um fog yep but maybe on that two and a half um, big water line, we want to go smoothbore. So, thrown out to the world there. Yeah, we'll ask the question. <laughs> we'll ask the question. Okay, gentlemen, I think we're good for the evening. Ash, thank you, Kev, Scott, Mr. Spence. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Good night.